Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crow's Nest. My name is Jackson Shank, joined alongside Justin Valenzuela for episode 57, where we will be discussing the divisional round throughout the NFL playoffs, along with our picks for the AFC and NFC championship to represent both conferences in the Super Bowl. Justin, how are we doing, my friend? We got some playoff football to discuss today. Jackson, I'm doing pretty good. It's a Monday, no work, no school, so it's like a longer weekend for me, so... I'm doing really, really good. You didn't have any class today? Nope. That's hype. Yeah, it is pretty It's pretty hype. I did have a doctor's appointment, though, but that's a rarity. Obviously, every Monday. Uh, yeah, I got you. Well, I had one class today, and it was Intro to Media Studies. And shout out Dr. T, by the way. She's my professor. We did three minutes of meditation to open class. You'll love to see it. It was such a vibe. Yeah, I uh, for my comm theory class, I had a professor who would make us meditate for a minute before, like, we start the lesson. And it was pretty tough. Just close your eyes, you know, kind of relax and get ready for class. Well, I thought it's cool because it's like you put your phone down, you put everything, you shut everything off, right? And then, like, you get in that state where you're relaxed enough and then you just don't open your phone or your laptop during class. Like, it's 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 weird because it's, like, it's I want to do that. But, like, I'm already in that state of, like, oh, hey, I'm going to learn, I'm going to lock in to where it just kind of, like, fades away. Damn, I mean, I personally can't relate to that. But, <laughs> but I'm happy you feel that way, Jackson. Uh, I would try, but I was probably half the time on my phone during the meditation. So I don't keep, know. Keep it a book. Maybe it's just like I'm. I'm in a good mood today. Like I turned 20 yesterday. If y'all don't know, shout out. So birthday was birthday boy. Yeah, birthday was January 22nd. Today is the 23rd. But. Yeah, I don't know. I had like a really good Monday. I ran into one of my one of my broadcasting friends who's a freshman here. His name's Joe Morales. After I worked out today, I saw Joe and I was just like in such a good mood. I looked at Joe. I was like, man, I'm having such a good Monday. Like it's it's just one of those days where hey. despite all the crappy things that have happened today, like horrible weather, grueling leg workout. Uh, I didn't wake up until like nine, nine o'clock in the morning. What? I know. Wow. I was I was active today though. Let's I go. went to class. And, and, and the cherry on top, Jackson. Oh, and the cheese. Finish, <laughs> finish it up with some crow's nest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love yes, to see sir. It. We finishing the day off right. But yeah, real quick before before the birthday, right? I mean, we we just talked about it, but before that, Jay and I took a trip to Costco this weekend, and I, I don't know. I can't not talk about it because w- what we ran into in the parking lot, bro. Yeah, bro. That was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. We park. We get lucky to find a parking spot first off. Like, I'm pulling in. I'm like, wow, we might have to park really far. Jackson's like, yeah, we're going to have to walk a whole country mile yeah, to get into that store. Exactly. And I mean, it was far. Don't get me wrong. But, like, as I'm looking, a car pulls out, and I just took a spot, and it was perfect. And we're walking, right? Some dude just spent... At least $400 on food. And he's got this skinny <laughs> pop on top. And it falls off his cart and he runs it over, rips the bag. It spills everywhere. And he just looks so defeated. He just threw it to the side and walked away. He just <laughs> left it. He just it left the so skinny pop. so weird. That was so funny. But, yeah, I mean, we took a we took a trip to Costco this weekend. It was fun. Um, I, got to, I got to get some things to prep for this semester. Just food, snacks, drinks, and stuff like that. But, man, dude, by the end of that... Like, we went through Costco at a hot time, and then we stopped by, y'all know, the Costco snacks, not not the snack section, but the food court is goaded. There is no beating the Costco food court not for the prices. 
and I discovered a hidden gem. Your girlfriend actually hit me yeah. with like the coolest idea, and that was to have like this strawberry acai smoothie, and we put it together. Man, that shit was good. Yeah, it was gas pack. I, I mean, you know how girlfriends work, man. I got half of her smoothie, <laughs> and I got my own ice cream, so that was cool. Uh, but yeah, that smoothie slapped. It was just super, super sweet, and I love sweet food, so. Or I guess sweet drinks, yeah, that too, but it would definitely hit. It was delicious. Costco, Costco's a vibe. If y'all don't go to Costco, I mean, if you're Sam's Club people, like, it's understandable, but, like, you're missing out, okay? Let's be real. Yeah, and speaking of drinking, New York Giants, thank you. Thank you very much for killing me and all of my friends on Saturday night. That was really fun. We had this glorious idea. It's my boy's birthday. Uh, His birthday was Friday, so Saturday we're celebrating. Giants game, let's go, have fun drinking shots are involved maybe potentially shots of orange juice obviously totally totally um and we're like all right every time somebody scores shot of orange juice every time there's a turnover shot of orange juice and anytime there's a 50 yard gain shot of orange juice and the eagles scored a lot of touchdowns the giants had some turnovers there were some crazy plays and me and my friends had a long night <laughs> that's all i'll say it was, it was a rough one I think it was a rough night for a lot of Giants fans. Let's let's be real. And I mean, let's why don't we just transition into this game? I think that that's it's one of our talking points for sure as we get into the storylines for this week. The Eagles just they straight up demolished them. Yeah, let's that was, be let's be honest. That was complete domination from the first whistle to the last. The Giants didn't stand a chance from the very beginning. Well, I mean, I Let's. I mean, let's talk about our predictions from last week. I, you, you said he was. I it said could it be close. close. Yeah. I, hey, hey. I, I told said, you. I said Eagles would win. Well, th- this is true. I I said they would they would beat them by two scores. But regardless, you know we're we're picking we're picking and choosing here. Like Justin said, the Eagles dominated in all fashions, and I think it started with the trenches. I mean, when you rush for two hundred sixty eight yards on a team, it, the game tends not to go your way. Let's let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Games are. Always one in the trenches. When your offensive line completely dominates a defensive line, it makes things so much easier for your offense. You could really control that tempo, too. I feel like a lot of what comes down to games like this is just the fact that the Eagles just milked that clock. It wasn't chunky. It was, you know, we're just going to run the football straight at you. And that's when it gets down to this time of year. It's cold. You're beat up. It's a long season. The teams that play really, really strong defense and have a very good run game and offensive line that can control the other defensive line they tend to have great runs. I mean, the 49ers are perfect, perfect example of that. Year in and year out, strong offensive line, good run game, control the uh, control the tempo on defense as well. So the Giants just got, they got dominated, like you said, especially on the ground. I mean, they were way out of their depth. Let's let's yeah, be real here. That, I that mean, well. you, have a, you have a team that came into the season with no expectations. A lot of people, including myself, had them at four wins or something like that on the season. You didn't expect Brian Dable to do what he did with the roster that he had. So I think this just goes to show kind of how far the Giants are from being able to play to the level of the competition at the top of the NFC, right? But a funny a funny storyline I want to I want to bring out from this game is that Boston Scott owns the Giants, okay? We talked about the the dominant rushing attack that the Eagles had. This one guy was the most bet on player to score an anytime touchdown, which just means like he he just has to score a touchdown yeah. throughout the game, right? Justin, in nine games against the Giants, he scored 11 touchdowns. And what's funny about this is against other teams, he scored like 
three in his career. Yeah, that is. That <laughs> it's is it's almost like Nick Sirianni like read that before the game and said, "Oh, you know what? He hates the Giants. Let's just put him in now. Let's get him. So, in, let's get him a touchdown. He has his most touches in a season against the Giants. That's that's really funny. But last week I made the point that you know beating a team three times is really hard. You know, you see yeah. them, you make adjustments. I guess I'd have to admit I was a bit ignorant on that because I, I didn't credit the Eagles much with the fact that their coach could also make set adjustments and figure out the opposing team's tendencies. So I really think what this comes down to was just simply put a Nick Sirianni masterclass. Completely outcoached Brian Dable. He was he must have been in his mind or something like that because Brian Dable, he's been credited a lot with the development of this team and the reason them being there is because of his scheme and everything and just such a great head coach. His first playoff game, you know, Nick Sirianni, probably got outcoached by Bruce Arians last year. I think that humbled him a lot. And I think Brian Dable just went through his own Nick Sirianni experience. Well, when you when you line up on the other side of what I think is an Eagles super team, like you're not going to get the level of talent on this Eagles team year in and year out, I think, in the future. When you sign one-year deals to guys like Jason Kelsey, who's an all-pro, two of your corners are on one-year deals in Gardner Johnson and James Bradbury, and they're playing at an all-pro or second-team all-pro level, at least Pro Bowl level, like you're not going to get that year in and year out. So the Giants just had to match up with the Titan that's left in the NFC. So kind of kind of have to move on and figure out what's next for them. I mean, they've, they've got a ton of free agents in a ton of big spots, namely Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, right, that are kind of looking to cash in. There were rumors that Saquon rejected a $12 million a deal earlier in the year, which would have put him with the likes of Joe Mixon, uh, Aaron Jones, and those guys for contracts. So with the limited cap space that they have, Justin, do you think they can make the adjustments needed to retain these players and get better? Yeah, Jackson, I don't know, and it really comes down to the GM's ability to draft. I know he had a pretty solid draft you could say, but you know, when you have the fifth and seventh overall pick, it's hard not to have a solid draft. It's what true. you it's what you can do with these later picks to really fill out your depth. This is a team that was really simply put, they overachieved, you know. It's a team that had no expectations put on them, benefited, definitely benefited from an easy schedule, and were humbled when push came to shove. So now you have Jones who overachieved this year, Barkley who returned to a form that many believe him him to be. But with that said, now he wants to be one of those top paid guys. Jones just earned himself at least $30, $35 million. So now you're potentially tying, you know, $60, $70 million to a quarterback and a running back when you still need interior defensive, uh, interior offensive line help, linebacker help, safety help. You have one good corner. The rest you got to address. You got to address the receivers. So there's definitely a lot of work left to do. So what is next for the New York Giants? I really think it's do their best to sign Daniel Jones to a limited contract at best. I mean, I know he won you a playoff game. That's going to be a big tell in what goes on to his contract in the future. You have to do your best not to absolutely blow up the market with Saquon because we've seen what happens to teams when they commit too much money to a running back, a.k.a. Dallas. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is light years ahead of Ezekiel Elliott, but what we saw at the time, we thought Zeke Elliott was a top three back, right? So the Giants have got to be really smart with their money this offseason, and most importantly, they got to get Daniel Jones a receiving threat because without that, they cannot compete in this league. So look for them to find a wide receiver in the offseason, make big-time offers to their guys so that they can compete and maybe even 
trump other divisional opponents next season. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, we're gonna we're gonna skip back to the we're gonna check in on the other number one seed in the NFL right now. The Kansas City Chiefs advance once again to the AFC Championship. This is their fifth straight trip to the Air, to the Arrowhead Invitational, where the Chiefs will host. The AFC Championship game, I call it the the Arrowhead Invitational because they've hosted it for five straight years. It couldn't be done without Patrick Mahomes. I mean, ever since this guy has taken over the QB1 role, we've hosted, or the Chiefs have hosted the AFC title game. He went 22 of 30 this past weekend for 195 yards and two TDs, despite suffering a high ankle sprain at the beginning of the first quarter, eliminating him for an entire quarter of play. But hey, man, Chad Henney made his annual divisional round appearance where he led a franchise record 98-yard touchdown drive to take the lead going into half 17 to 10 once again anything is possible Chiefs fans at home know exactly the phrase that I'm talking about but man to have what kind of preparation does a backup quarterback have to go into and what what does that show about this organization and the faith that they have in their backup guy well I guess when it comes down to it Henny's a 37 year old you know he's been around the ropes he's been with this team for a while so I think the preparation is the fact that he knows this offense in and out. His job is one, I guess at the time, no, it wouldn't even be at the time because you had Alex Smith. His job is to simply know the offense, know exactly what to do. And when you're sitting behind a guy like Pat Mahomes, I feel like that opens your eyes a lot more to maybe what's possible and what's not possible, why that guy's open when it doesn't look like he's open and all these other things. And I think to have full confidence in him says a lot about the organization as well because they didn't falter, they didn't get scared, they let a 98-yard touchdown, and they didn't they didn't limit the playbook for him. They let him sling that thing too. He he wasn't. They weren't afraid. I think that that's a lot too. You have to put confidence in the backup. You can't just oh we're just gonna run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. No, let him throw the ball. It's his job. You know that putting confidence in him makes him feel confident about himself to make confident throws and confident plays. And I think the team surrounding him gains that confidence as well because that ability to just kind of slot the next guy in, next man up mentality in a playoff game. Right. And just to keep the drive alive, like number two as well. Mahomes was on the sideline ready to go and Chad Henney was still in the game. They didn't pull him mid drive. They kept him in. And what did he do? He game managed and he ran the offense. And he most importantly, what Chiefs quarterbacks haven't been doing for a long time. He handed the ball off to his playmakers. Some of the most, some of the biggest unsung heroes in this game are the two seventh round picks. You talk about depth that the Giants needed in their draft. The Chiefs got depth in the seventh round. They landed Isaiah Pacheco, who in this game had 12 carries for 95 yards, including one for over 40 yards on that big time drive that later led to a three yard receiving touchdown from Travis Kelsey. Right. And Jalen Watson, who made one of the most incredible interceptions to close the door on the game. So. These these guys, so three unsung heroes in this game, Chad Henney, Isaiah Pacheco, and Jalen Watson all stepping up for the Chiefs. And as a result, Andy Reid becomes the first head coach in NFL history to win 10 or more playoff games with more than one franchise. The only coach 
That is wild, that Justin. Is, you got to be coaching for a long time. You for that do got to be, be coaching for a really long time, and you got to be a pretty damn good coach at that. Andy Reid, surefire Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Big Big Red is doing his thing, and you know if if he manages to to stay around for the length of Mahomes' career, I. You know, I have my doubts about that, but that's that's true. But you you tend to imagine how successful that could be. Yeah, yeah, that de- we're definitely looking at a potential dynasty, no doubt about that. Speaking of that, tell me a little bit about what you saw in the Jaguars throughout this game, because we don't we're not gonna, I don't think we're gonna talk about them enough because of the kind of season they put together with Coach Doug Peterson and the way they were kind of able to turn it around. Another team who got beaten by the Chiefs and then just decided, all right, that's the benchmark. We need to start playing at that level and completely turn their season around. Went from 2-6, and six, lost to the Chiefs 2-7, and seven, turned it around, and then they won their division. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think if, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm I'm extremely pleased with not only this season, but this, this game in particular. You know, you're taking an absolute Goliath, number one seed in the AFC, in their stadium, loudest stadium in the league, one of the hardest environments to win in, and you showed grit. You know, you you, you kept them busy until the very end. It was, you needed a clutch first down, you know. Like, they, they showed a lot of grit, and I love to see that. And with the draft, free agency, don't forget the, they get Calvin Ridley back next year. Dangerous, man. I, and another year of Trevor Lawrence development. I think this team could be extremely dangerous, and we're looking at yet another young, electric, up-and-coming team in the AFC. Dude, how many are there now? There's so many. There is a lot, Jackson. I genuinely believe we're going to see teams go maybe win 10, 11 games next year and not make the playoffs in the AFC. It's crazy because we definitely. were saying that this year, too. Yeah, we did. We did. And you know what? It didn't happen. But I think uh, it's just different, man. We said that because of, what, the Broncos and the Raiders? Yeah. If they flopped. But I don't think guys like Trevor Lawrence are going to flop. Whatever the Jets do, their roster's too good. I feel like the Dolphins, Dolphins could potentially take a step. Bengals, Bengals uh, are a surefire. Chiefs are a surefire. Bills are a surefire. Mm-hmm. Patriots seem to stick around. Miami was really close to it this That's year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Chargers, another year of Herbert development. New offensive coordinator. Maybe Russell Wilson picks it up. Ooh. Uh, it's a very, very competitive conference. But yeah, it, it will stay competitive. And I think we saw that even more on... Or, and I think we saw that on full display this weekend as... I think we're starting to see maybe a new top dog in the AFC. The Bengals cruised by the Bills. They went into Orchard Park and dominated to head to their second straight AFC title game, a rematch of last year's AFC title game. But man, Joe Cool, he showed he showed why he earned that nickname, man. He was darting it up in the in the cold weather. Yeah, Joe Burrow is looking lethal. Yeah. And he's looking like Everybody's like, oh, he's a little overrated. Da, da, da. He turns up in the playoffs. When it matters most, you can count on Joe Cool. 242 yards, two touchdowns. His first 11 attempts were straight, 11 straight completions, no incompletions. Like, the, dude, those first, those first, that first half? He was on fire. I don't think he there was, was a quarterback fire. who played a better half. I'll yeah, be completely no, honest. He was, he was on fire, and you knew it too. Yeah, that ice cold video of him. Oh my gosh, dude! The video I saw pregame, he's throwing a fade route down, like forty yard throw down the sideline, and he releases it, and he's spinning as he releases it, dances around, and does a three sixty, and as he's fully coming around, 
his wide you can see his wide receiver in the background it's landing in his lap that guy was locked in and it's just it's so cool to watch this kind of personality cuz he's not hot-headed he doesn't talk trash he walks in he is like it's weird cuz you go during the game he's a competitor he's lethal he's silent almost like an assassin yeah. right and then after the game He's this joyful little kid playing the game of football yeah. with like the the funniest little interview moments and stuff like that. It's it's so annoying because I want to hate him. You can't. But you his kid. game is so yeah. good and his attitude is so much better that I just can't hate on this guy. And you know, his his team around him. I talk about a juggernaut in the NFC with the Eagles having that kind of roster. I'm excited to see how much more Joe Burrow is going to have to elevate his game when they don't have the money to pay all these guys because let's be real right Joe Burrow's still on a rookie contract right Jamar's still on a rookie contract Joe Mixon is going to need an extension sooner or later Tyler Borden T Higgins are free agents in the offseason so ooh, to see to see how this progresses I mean you're not going to be able to re-sign a full offensive line in a season and not have to you know extend your back or extend one of the receivers because Joe Mixon was such a stud in this game because he ran for 105 yards, walked like literally a hot knife through butter. 105 yards and a TD. You know, they were they were just so efficient. And I, I mean, I talked about sign the, sign the new alignment. There were three guys who stepped up for them yep. because they had three guys out. So, man, it just seems like this team has so much depth and stars all around it. It's going to be a nightmare to match up with them on Sunday. Yeah, they're definitely going to be very star-studded for the next few years. And, you know... I wouldn't. That firstly, that's really far in advance. Thinking about like this all is the, true. They they got to sign all these guys, but yeah. you know how many up and coming superstar receivers are there in this league? Running backs and receivers are super super replaceable. I think you retain Burrow, you retain Chase, and you figure the rest out. You know, because this is true. You know, you could get receivers anywhere. You could you could get running backs as a UDFA and have them cook absolutely cook. Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco. Hey, who's seventh, seventh round, round pick? Who's seventh, seventh round pick? But you get my point. You know, <laughs> no, I get you. you. You don't need all this draft capital to really invest into these star players and receivers. Yes, a lot of them are taken in the top end of the first round, but there's a lot of good receivers. Devonta Adams or Devonte Adams, I mean, was a second round pick. Yeah, you, know, you could get these guys anywhere, uh, you, and kids are only going to get more athletic and more just impressive with this sport as they learn route running techniques and all this stuff. Like the game, not worried about it. Bengals will be a problem for as long as they have Joe Burrow. They will be a problem. All right, well, let's flip over to the other side and talk Bills in this game because they've now regressed for three straight years. So, I, I mean, I I really do feel like this is the time where we got to say, hey, Josh Allen, it's it's time for you to step down to third on the, third on the rung when it comes to AFC quarterbacks. Because, I mean, yep. right now, if Joe Burrow's career, right now, Outside of outside of the injury year, which you can almost take out, almost like Mahomes' rookie Mahomes' rookie year, they're on the same trajectory, right? Guys who are making in every game that there's or in, in every time that they were QB one for the full season, AFC title game, maybe a Super Bowl, right? Joe Burrow has a one league MVP, but it doesn't really matter, right? These guys That's are on the same. Right, exactly. Like, like it's 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 one thing to prove that you're the best player in the league statistically and it's another le- it's another thing to prove that you are the best team in the league period. Yep. Right? So man, 
Burrow, I think this weekend proved that he's going to take that kind of that second spot, and you know, <laughs> he's beaten Mahomes every time he's played him. Yep. So if he can keep the consistency up, dude, it's. I don't want to have to say that he's the best quarterback in the he league. Could. But it hey, could, hey. If it Burrow, could very if well Burrow be that way. If Burrow goes into Arrowhead two years in a row, outduels Mahomes, I think you got to consider it. Got to. But he needs a ring to go for it. This is true. He, need, he needs a ring to really compete. But, you know, Bills, what do they do now? Yeah. What do they do now? Their window exactly. has been the last two years, I think, has really been their best chance to win the Super Bowl. The division is only getting better. They have a lot of money committed to Allen. Uh, Diggs is getting up there in age. Their safety duo is getting up there in age. Von Miller's old. And they, they have a lot of money committed to Von, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, a lot of money committed. Uh, Tredavious White's getting old, too. I don't see really any young. You have Ed Oliver, who's a nice piece. But Ed Oliver's a nice young piece. But he is now he- heading into his uh, contract year, like Quinn and Williams, same draft. So... It's going to get real interesting in Buffalo. There's a lot to figure out there. And it's easy to say, as long as you have Allen, you can win. But Allen has not stepped up and shown that he could be that guy when they need him to. You know, Burrow has. Mahomes has. All these guys that we put up there with the elites, and Allen has all this hype, this MVP hype, year in and year out. Josh Allen for MVP, Bills to the Super Bowl, best roster, best team in the AFC. And they let us down, to say the least. They let us down twice now. Uh, Really, really disappointing. It's, it's just really disappointing for the Bills. I think that goes to show this is the one guy who doesn't have that coach. Could he be. doesn't. I mean, I know you look at some of the you look at some of the roster differences between both teams. You could argue one's better than the other, this and this and that. But we've seen this year the amount of regression that Josh Allen has had without Brian Dable. Sean McDermott is a defensive minded coach. Let's be real. Zach Taylor starting to show his true colors on the offense. Yeah, he's got Joe Burrow, but I mean, we praised I mean, we just praised Andy Reid as well, and he's been doing the damn thing for 10 years, right? With Alex Smith, now with Mahomes. So you really have to have that guy that kind of backup guy because we've seen Josh Allen now get emotional, now lose his temper in games. We saw Stefan Diggs this past Sunday, kind of loses temper with Josh Allen. And yes, you have to, you know, you're competitive and stuff like that, but you got to rally the troops, man. You got to be able to, to, when it comes down to it, lock in and finish the game. And they just can't finish the journey in general because they've made it to the playoffs Then they run into one of the two top dogs. And, you know, quite frankly, they just, they get outmatched. Yep. So it's, it's tough, man, because the AFC is such a dogfight. Everyone's only getting better, like we've said before. But it it is it is so tough for Bills fans because they've they went through four years of making the Super Bowl every year and losing it every single year, and now they've regressed for three straight years just when they thought they were getting competitive again. I mean, boohoo! I love <laughs> I love wow. to see this. I love. Wow. Hey, man, this is a division rival, and I'm watching them just fall apart from within. Um. Yeah, tough, I guess. I would definitely hate to be in that position. But, I mean, Jackson, imagine if the Chargers just threw Super Bowl expectations, Herbert for MVP, and three years in a row they just get worse <laughs> and fumble the bag and lose. I, I guess I would kind of feel the same way. Yeah. Hey, I mean, not hey, I mean. Um, Talk about how the Cowboys haven't been <laughs> Now we're going to talk about another team that unfortunately fell short of expectations for another 
franchise and have been, quite frankly, for 12 years in a row. Let's talk about the 49ers game with the Cowboys, the last game that we'll talk about here. Oh, man. Brock Purdy was put to the test, man, and quite frankly, he proved that he could be pressured and that a good defense could scare him. Because when you score 38 points on average in every other game, and then you pay, and then you face a top five defense, what happens? You score 19 points. You score half. Yep. You have one touchdown. And you didn't even throw it. Yeah. Hand I it mean, off to Elijah Mitchell and pray he gets in the end zone, man. Yeah, I guess I, it was. It might have been McCaffrey, but regardless, it's a Russian touchdown. Russian. Yeah. I I think this definitely scares Niners fans, and it it scares me because. You can only you can have a great defense, but you need that quarterback, man. You need that ability to to rise that's, above the challenge. That's what's the hump for the 49ers. I think the 49ers are like very similar to the Bills, but in like an opposite way. It's like, oh, we have Josh Allen, we can win right now. The 49ers are like, wow, we have the best roster in football. We have year. everyone. <laughs> we have everything you need. We just don't have a quarterback, and that hump has always been Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I think we saw it last year in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo lost them that game. They have any other guy. Well, I shouldn't say any other guy. A competent guy. They win. You know? So I think that's always going to be their hump. So they definitely have reason to be scared. But unfortunately, Brock Purdy has done everything to win himself at least a look as a starter next year. So now they're just kind of stuck in that vicious cycle of we have a guy who's clearly not the guy, but our roster's too good. We keep winning. We'll, we'll ruin all. Everything, locker room chemistry, player chemistry, fans, everything, if we bench him and we lose, so we have no choice but to rock with him. Right, and I mean, we can pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, keep in mind, he is a rookie. We're treating yeah, him as enough, if, if he's a third or fourth year no, guy I think, in the I think league. If you, I think if you give a guy who knows how to read a defense, you know, 10 seconds to throw the ball and the best weapon at his disposal at every position... It's pretty damn easy, and his defense forces turnovers. At least an A minus. Yeah, and 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 his defense turn uh, gets turnovers. His defense gets stops. His defense gets gets him the ball back quickly. It's easy. It's I'm not saying anybody can do it, but I think we have to pump the brakes on him being like the franchise guy there too. I think there's there's a lot to really take into into account there. Hey, I'll give him. I'll give him this though. He didn't turn the ball over. I think that's, that's a big part. That's uh, that's one of the two big notes in this game. That and he's able to find George Kittle more. It's it's weird. They like to use George Kittle to block a lot, but every game that he seems to perform well in, they seem to dominate or play very well, right? So why not use what I think is your best offensive weapon in your tight end, at least one of the most athletic, if not the most athletic player at the position, right? May not be the best overall, but is the most athletic, right? Just continue to build that chemistry. And I think it's it's good that Shanahan's using him more because it's showing that he has more faith in Brock to throw the ball in big-time situations because he's giving him that big-time threat down the field. I'd have to agree. Well, it helps that Kittle's quite literally the best blocking tight end in the, in the no it, it i mean it's hard not he, to block he only him, hurts right? himself by being a better blocker it's crazy yeah it's it's when it, he's yeah he's only becoming less selfish but let's uh let's let's spin it over to dallas's side really quick we just talked about how how disappointing it was that last play dude Again. oh oh my gosh dude i've seen so many memes today 
of Dallas fans punching and breaking their TV. Yeah, oh yeah, man. <laughs> I saw I saw one on NFL memes, right? I think that's the account that you and I follow yeah. where it was like no Dallas all Dallas fans will not stop until they've broken every TV. <laughs> Cuz I've seen four or five different videos Dude. of people punching, throwing, smashing TVs. I don't blame them, man. This torching is torching jerseys. It's so yeah. obviously Mike McCarthy and and Jerry <laughs> Jones is just like his job safe. It's that coach, man. It's the coach. It's, it's so obvious. He's obviously it's so the issue important here. important in this the, league. It's so clear that he's the problem. And Jerry Jones is like, nah, his job's safe. He's good. He did the same thing with Jason Garrett. Yeah. The same thing. Kept him around for so long when he clearly wasn't that guy. And ended up screwing their window. Not saying that Romo could have been a quarterback, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He could have been. He could have been with the right coach and the right roster and, and, the, and, and front the, office moves. And the right call. But this is the problem when owners, yeah, that too. This is the problem when owners have their hands in everything. Yeah, Jerry Jones do the, be that the guy. Owners, the owners that don't know how to take a step back and say, hey, I own the team. I don't know the sport like this. I hired a GM. I hired a coach. Let them figure this out. Because that's their job. Yeah, it's their, it's job. their job. You just own the team, bro. You make money off it. You're hiring these guys to do your job for you. Get your filthy paws off the team. It'd be, it'd be like if the president hired a, or got a second a secretary of defense in his cabinet, right? And then just said, oh, well, I have the defense plan. You just have to execute it for me. Yeah. No, it's like, it no, work. that's why you hired him. Stepping on toes never works. Bro. The owner's never supposed to be the smartest guy in the room, no. right? He's supposed to be the guy with all the money that says, hey, you guys do the best job because I think you're the best for it, which yeah. is why I'm paying you so much. And the problem is they got egos, man. Simply yeah. put, they got egos. It sucks because I'm going to be a homer here for half a second. Our owner, the Jets owner, Woody Johnson, same way. He's got his filthy paws and everything right now. He's the reason we kept Zach Wilson starting, and he's the reason we might go out and get Aaron Rodgers. And they said in the headline I read, it said, Woody Johnson, specifically, in yeah. all caps, would be willing to give all the money and all the picks for Aaron Rodgers. They're highlighting that because they're saying, general manager and coach don't want this, but Woody Johnson wants it. He's the owner. He's the guy that gave you your job. Got to listen to him. And, yeah. you know, what happens when people get something they don't want? They get mad. They get mad, and it fails, and it sucks, and it mm -hmm. ruins everything. Woody Johnson, Jerry Jones, stop ruining everything. It's not that hard. Keep your hands out of the cookie jar. All right. Last but not least, let's pick them. Pick them. Two games. Two games, AFC Championship game and NFC Championship game. Sure, why not? Let's start with the NFC. Eagles 49ers because of last week recency bias and you know what the fact that I think the Eagles have the better roster okay all right give me the Eagles I'm in going. the link Ooh. in the link yeah. keep in mind they yeah. got the home field advantage they've got the psychopaths in the stands <laughs> give me Jalen Hurts to because he has that crazy dual threat ability, be able to move the ball efficiently on the Niners and give me them to win the battle in the trenches. That all pro line is disgusting. It's disgusting, but that 49ers all pro defensive line, potential defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa and Co. I'm going with the better coach. I'm going with the better team. I'm going with the 49ers. Still not sold on Jalen Hurts. Yes, I know. Great game, New York Giants. Okay. Pump the brakes. I want to see him against the real defense. This, this is Sunday. the test. This Sunday. This we gonna is see the it. test. When push comes to shove, who falls? Mm -hmm. I'm going with the Eagles. All I'm Eagles saying is, I mean, this Sunday, 3 p.m., 
A.J. Brown versus Charvarius Ward. Charvarius Ward, former chief. Watch that matchup. Because the last time he matched up with Charvarius Ward, I remember it vividly because the Chiefs got stomped. 27-3. A.J. Brown had 8 for 130 in a tug on Charvarius Ward. On his dome. On his dome. Right? So, watch out for Batman and Skinny Batman to do well in this matchup. We'll see. I mean, Fred Warner could be out there playing corner at this point. You see how well he guarded yeah, CeeDee Lamb in, in the other quick. game. Holy crap. Anyway, final game we're going to talk about in this episode. Last matchup we're going to talk about in this episode. AFC Championship game. Chiefs versus Bengals. Justin, who do we got? Jackson. When I saw the Chiefs versus Jaguars, one seed at home, they let this team that you know, quite frankly, doesn't match up with them. You gonna break my heart, aren't you? They let them. They let them stick around. You gonna do it? Looks like a team that you know has expectations. Like we are going to the Super Bowl because we're better. Oh, when I look wow. at the Bengals, I see they saw NFL sold tickets for the neutral site game before the outcome of the Bengals and Bills game, basically saying, "Yeah, Bills are probably gonna win. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets in Atlanta now for the Chiefs versus Bills round three. Bengals said, hold on. They're doubting us again? Remember what happened last time you doubted us? We went to the damn Super Bowl. I don't doubt them. This team's got a chip <laughs> on their shoulder. And they're going to go into Arrowhead. Oh, no. And Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, for the fourth time, second year in a row, to go to the Super Bowl in Pat Mahomes' house. He's going to break in there. He's going to take that dub. He's going to take the Bengals to the Super Bowl. I'm going with the Bengals. Call me a homer. Give me the Chiefs. Uh, here's 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 a few reasons why. One, Joe Burrow's playing at an all-time high. Yes, totally understand it. Uh, but I really do think that the defense is going to step up in this game. Right? Jamar Chase has one game to go off of against some of these guys. And yes, he's one of the most lethal receiving threats in this league. I think Trent McDuffie and the safety core that we got can really line up well against him. When it comes to rushing the passer, Chris Jones has 15 and a half sacks this year. He hasn't had a playoff sack in 13 games. He ain't going to make it 14. He will find Joe Burrow one time throughout this game. And here's the thing. Hopefully, if you know the crystal ball is right for Jackson... Patrick Mahomes will play all four quarters of this game and maybe even overtime if it's necessary. Okay, are you implying that that 198-yard clock-killing ended in seven points Henny drive altered the game because Mahomes missed that one drive? No, 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 no. What I'm implying is is hopefully Mahomes doesn't have to play on a bad ankle, which he, he still he, will be. He will. It's a high ankle he will be, right? And That's another point. Mahomes is banged up. Right, but the last time that Mahomes suffered a high ankle sprain, Justin, do you know what he did the following week? Probably like 400 plus yards. He threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, Mahomes is him. I'm just. He's that guy. He's that guy for sure. But Joe Cool, he's trying to be that guy too. Mm, it should be interesting. I it should have be fun. That game highlighted, bolded, circled. I am so excited to watch that game. Let's watch it together. Hell yeah, Saturday. Sunday night. Damn, it's a date, Jackson. It's a date. <laughs> it's a date. Yeah, so 
once again, I've got the Chiefs. Justin's got the Bengals. I've got I'm rocking with the Eagles. Justin's rocking with the Niners. Justin rocking with both underdogs. I'm rocking with I the like favorites. I'm me away, man. And hey, man, don't get me wrong. They're not favorites by much. I think it's Eagles minus two. Chiefs. I think I saw it was it was changed from minus one to minus one and a half. I don't know why they're even moving the needle. The game, like I don't think anybody should be favored. Let's be completely honest. At the end of the day, it's it's Mahomes post Vegas. post ankle injury on what he's hoping to be a revenge tour. I mean, they beat him three times. He's got to have. This team's got to have some serious motivation to come back against these Bengals oh, and take them, but take I them th- down. I think the Bengals have bigger aspirations than that, man. They, yeah, okay, we got to play the Chiefs again, but you know we were in the Super Bowl and we lost by three. If we had half a second more blocking, Jamar Chase might have had a touchdown. Hey, you know damn well they ain't looking ahead just yet. They got a game to play on Sunday. That's true. That's true. All right, that is all we've got for today's episode. If you guys made it to the end, thank you so so much, Justin. And I really appreciate it. We'd also appreciate it if you check us out on social media. We've got an Instagram at underscore crow's nest underscore. Make sure to give us some love and stay up to date with the latest episodes on our social media platforms. But for now, that is all. So for Justin Valenzuela, my name is Jackson Shank. We will see you all next time. Peace.